Hello, and welcome back to Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast. Last weekend, we had listeners drop into our little Zoom call that we always have and share their thoughts on the son of Neptune. There were even some surprise appearances from fellow Riot and Verse podcasters. It was very fun and chaotic, and as always, a great escape from the tyranny of thesis writing and whatever the heck it is that I do in school. So without further ado, here is that audio. I'm gonna let the first person in who is Theseus. Feels so high stakes. <gasps> it's okay, we're adults. We can we can do this. Okay, we're adults. We're here. <laughs> hey Theseus, what is up? Hey, what's up? Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. Go ahead and spill the beans. Okay, hi guys, I'm Theseus. I also go to a college outside of Boston. No way. <laughs> it's not the same one that Carter goes to though. There's there's a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I like re-listened to your other Son of Neptune episodes before this and I realized that I wanted to talk about free because when I read this book at like 10 years old or whatever, like he was so relatable. Like I was this little like baby Asian that was like, this is weird. I'm just like, I mean obviously he's Canadian, but I was like <laughs> I'm just like American. And like, I appreciated that there was an ethnic character whose whole like story wasn't just about being ethnic. He was just a relatable character who happened mm-hmm. to be Asian. I mean, I don't love him, but I love that people love him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If a character means something to you, yo, this is a tangent, but you know how Kelly Marie Tran was like, listen, if you think Raya's a lesbian, Raya's a lesbian, because things are what you make them and if you see representation in something you should run with that i feel like that applies for a lot of the characters in the heroes of olympus like if it if it means goodness for you then that's good yeah. you should you yeah. should take that like yeah. i also like definitely related to what frank said he was like at camp half blood like no one really judged me thank you so much yeah. for, for sharing your thoughts with us i thought of a question can you <laughs> we're gonna ask everyone this can you name any one of the giants <laughs> in this series um Okay. It's okay if you can't. You don't lose or anything. If you can't, you're just human. Enceladus. Yes. Okay, period. <laughs> Nailed it. And with that, you get a prize. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening yeah, to our show. This is just any time. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was indeed stressful. <laughs> Talking to strangers is hard. Talking to strangers is hard. They seem nice, though. Okay, here comes Alexis. Oh, my God. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It was on speaker view, and that's just like... Oh, I know, right? It's like watching a movie, I feel like, when you're watching speaker view. I'm Erica. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Yes, this is Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. So here's my... I wouldn't call it a hot take, but here's my opinion. Yes. Uh, Hazel should be the main person telling this story. And it goes with my extended hot take that Hazel, Piper, and Annabeth should be the one narrating this entire series. Mm. Because we got a whole series, as much as I love Mr. Percy, we got a whole series of (laughs) him as the white male perspective. We need three diverse, badass women. I can swear on this, right? Yeah, totally. Yes, Uh, Yes, ma'am. To run this shit, basically. (laughs) Um, I took some notes, so I'm looking. But like you guys said, most of... Her time is spent in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And so we really don't get the Hazel that we have today until later in the books. Mm -hmm. And we just meet her as Nico's baby sister. So because of that, like having her run the show now and tell the story both in present and seeing her flashbacks, it would develop her as a character. 
And it would like the moments that come in later stories where she's a total badass, mm -hmm. like all those moments later wouldn't be as surprising. They'd still be in character because actually took time to develop her character. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this. And then like occasional interjections from Mr. Percy just being over here like, oh, and this happened. Hello. Yeah. Fun times. I think that would be a fun format. Like he like narrates maybe like a chapter in every book or something. Yeah. Like just like a drop in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He writes the be, intro. Yeah. Sure. Forward from <laughs> Percy. Cool. Well, thank you for telling us that. That's a beautiful thing to think about. Uh, we have one question for you. Sure. And that is, can you name any one of the giants in um, the Heroes of Olympus? Oh my gosh, I should have prepared for this. <laughs> you are not a bad person. You are not a lesser person if you cannot. Put in a right, you can like audio edit a correct answer over here to make me look like I know my shit. We can do that. <laughs> no, but like you could have Googled it and you didn't. Do you know what I mean? So like that's yeah. honesty. I appreciate <laughs> Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself just oh, quickly yeah. before you um, go? I mean, the name on my screen is Alexis, but that's my full name. I go by Lex. Uh, I'm currently in my school's new auditorium, uh, which is actually 30 minutes away from Boston, where hey, Emily Carter goes to school. You're a second people. person from Massachusetts. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm on school, like, right by the beach, too, so I oh. I feel like I channel Mr. Percy. <laughs> Go I can't off. stop calling him Mr. Percy because of you. Right? I can't either. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and going to your auditorium to record this with us. I mean, try and get five other people in an apartment to stop playing Cards Against Humanity at 7 p.m. <laughs> I dare you. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. And like, again, if you ever have anything, you can message us on Instagram or send us a voice message or anything like Twitter that. DMs. Yeah, of course. Thank Thanks you for, for joining me. us today. Thank you so much. Nice meeting thank you. you. Have a good weekend. Bye. You too. Oh, sick. We've got some other podcasters coming in as well. <laughs> Tomorrow's joining. Hey, how are you? Hey. Hi. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm Erica. Oh it's God. nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Hi. I'm Tamar. <laughs> Hi, oh Tamar. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming. I'm here at Boston University. Third? We are three yeah. for three on person, Boston schools so far. <laughs> third person in a row coming to us from Boston in their dorm. That's, so That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. We love that. No, I love that for us. It's good marketing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think what I wrote in the um, application thing was that, like, I don't, I don't hate Frank. I don't. I think he's an interesting character, but like he always pities himself and it gets kind of annoying to it gets me. gets old. Yeah, it gets old so quickly. Oh my gosh. And like, I feel like in the Sun of Neptune, that's his whole personality trait, just like feeling bad for himself. Wow, yes. I'm a baby. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's a kind of understandable in the beginning. Like he wasn't claimed yet. He didn't know his powers. Mm -hmm. um, he was kind of harsh and like everybody made fun of him because he was clumsy. But like as the book goes on, like, as is claimed by one of the most well-respected gods mm -hmm. in Roman culture. Mm -hmm. And he, like, discovers his powers. You would think he would feel, like, more confident, but... He ain't. Yeah. <laughs> there was this one page. I I even marked a page on my Here, Citations! Yes! yes. Quotes. Citations! Oh, oh look at those post-it so well notes. Marked. We love to see it. I came prepared, man. Page 234, he said he was no prince or hero. He was a lactose intolerant klutz, which I did think was a little... Little <laughs> <laughs> um, who couldn't even protect his friend from getting kidnapped by wheat i don't know that's like self-deprecating humor i'm usually like not a fan of that so that kind of annoyed me i don't know if that could come off as funny yeah i think yeah. it's true yeah frank is interesting I think, I think some people are drawn to it in the readership i don't personally relate to that mm -hmm. but i think even beyond that there is like to your point there, there's this like fine line that i don't feel like he's quite on the right side of between like 
presenting this arc in which you see someone developing themselves and him, you know, having a power up and comparing himself to Percy and dealing with all of this imposter syndrome in a way that feels, I don't know, it feels true to life, feels earned to me. As you're saying, like around that point in the book where he starts to power up a little bit, you're like, oh wait, this, this is not just an imposter syndrome story. This is just kind of his personality. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, is it imposter syndrome or are you like literally always feeling bad for yourself? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I agree. And Carter, you just brought up like how he always compares himself to mm-hmm. Percy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The amount of times he does this. You can't move forward if you're looking sideways. Wow. That's powerful. That's what my professor says. Yeah. That seems like exactly <laughs> the kind of thing you should drop in yoga classes to just like blow people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. I do teach yoga. Thanks, Carter, for outing me. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming and joining us. We do have a question for you. Please know that whether or not you can answer this question question does not mean you are a good or a bad person. Can you name any of the giants in the Heroes of Olympus? Stop. That just called... <laughs> Oh I my god! We're terrorizing people with this. I know it's honestly maybe we should stop because it's ruining everyone's <laughs> lives. Oh my god! I I don't know the one in here. Al 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 Conis. Period. Yes. You did yep. it. Got him. I mean, I don't know how it's, I pronounced, know how it's pronounced, but that's but good that's, enough for me. We know which one you're talking about. Okay. Victory. Yes! <laughs> Victory is yours tomorrow. <laughs> thank you so much. So thank nice you so much. You. Thanks for stopping by. Congratulations on knowing Al <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I'm admitting our next person. Hey, Samuel. Hi. <laughs> What's good? What's up, Half-Blood Report? Hi. So I'm Samuel, as mentioned, Half-Blood Report podcast. Household name. Not yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're a Rick Riordan podcast. I didn't have anything planned. I just wanted to see how an episode where you can have anyone come on would go. So how's that going? <laughs> it's going really well. So far, we've had three for three students in Boston. Yes from like universities in and around the city of Boston, which is so So funny. either that's a coincidence or stalkers. I think we have a target audience. I think that we've like marketed Maybe ourselves in such a way. Maybe should like regional advertising, like, like put up posters, posters around the city since it seems like we're Carter this that's is, a good idea this is the market maybe anyway no uh, I was I was actually about to say something and then Diego just texted me should I show up I'm a little late lol no no it's yeah, fine I'm, don't worry I'm about it I'm calling him right now but oh oh wow let's do it hey Diego you're on seaweed brain you're on the air with seaweed brain tell seaweed brain that I will be on in uh in a minute okay I'll stall for you. <laughs> oh my god. While we wait for Diego, because I assume you want to be here when Diego gets here, I'll let in Olivia. How's oh, that? Oh yeah, sure. That sounds okay. awesome. <laughs> Maybe she listens to the Half-Blood Report. <laughs> hey, Olivia. We have a, an extra person here. Um, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Do you also listen to the Half-Blood Report, perchance? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I was hoping you would say no, and then we could bruise Sam's ego <laughs> a little bit, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Samuel is, is in here waiting for Diego to show up. So we thought we'd just bring you in because you've been waiting for so long. But thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me. My name's Olivia. I'm in Boston because I go to BC. Oh my God. Um, we, are, we are four for four. Every other person before this has called in from a Boston university. Like not Boston university, the school, but like a Boston area That's school. Like incredibly strange, I feel like, but kind of cool. It's, it's we did set this at 7 p.m. EST and there were people who like couldn't come. So like that did kind of limit us, I guess. It's still really cool though. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that coincidence. <laughs> 
I obviously read Percy Jackson as a youth, but I listened to them like on audiobook again during quarantine. So like I really got back into it. And like, so I, I've loved hearing your takes um, because I, uh, I can um, relate to a lot of things you said. <laughs> One thing that is like weird about Son of Neptune to me is that I think I was so excited first reading it just to have Percy, his perspective back that it made me like not really connect with the other two characters as much mm-hmm. and feel like that's not really talked about all that much I don't know if you guys can relate to that at all because mm. like I feel like I was just flying through it, kind of waiting to get to back to him because I like really wanted to hear from him the character we know and love yeah. and it was kind of like a weird dynamic in which to introduce two new characters. I agree. Absolutely. I think that's right. 100%. Yes, another vote for a side novella about Hazel's um, upbringing. Oh, oh my God, absolutely. And time in the fields of Asphodel. It's also frustrating because I really like Hazel. Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't appreciate, like, her story the first time around enough, but I also found it hard because like you said it was a lot of backstory yeah in right. Neptune. but um yeah well thank you so much we have like one question for you before Great. you hop off and please know this question is not a test of <laughs> your worthiness as a human being can you name one of the giants from the heroes of olympus series okay i think so because i have been listening Confidence. to the audiobooks so i feel like oh the don't pronounce them right too um, that's so powerful yeah. Oh, uh, Polybides. There we that's go. Not, no one said I that don't one even yet. No, which one that is? That's the that's the Poseidon one. That, I think that's the the Poseidon. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 that one. I go said ahead. it wouldn't make you a worthy human being, but I lied. You are a worthy <laughs> human being. You are very You're smart. So right. <laughs> this should I be the like best I'm day of your life. I'm going to take this as like a signal of something <laughs> that like I should kind of pat myself on the back about for a few days yes Yes. absolutely please get yourself a treat thanks so much for coming happy to be here thanks for having me um keep doing what you're doing thanks for coming yeah i can't wait for marcus athena yes Yes. us too we're really excited bye guys nice to meet you uh it was very nice to kind of meet you thanks so much (laughs) have a good night okay i'm admitting diego yo i'm letting an owen too diego you know the last person who was in here said they hated our podcast (laughs) They didn't say that. I wanted them to say that, but they didn't. <laughs> Owen, turn your video on. Yeah. Wait, I'll catch you, Owen. Yeah, I'm, 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 I may be in bed right now saying that. Just ignore that. That's fair. Yeah. Owen has his own podcast called Through the Mist. Where are the, where are the people at? What do you mean? I don't know. Aren't there supposed to be like uh, non-podcasters? No, this has been a one at a time. Did you just come here so you could make a grand appearance, Diego? And be yeah, like, I literally Diego came here to, to like gloriously enter the room with fanfare at my back and for everybody to like be like, oh my God, it's Diego and go nudge on their screen. Well, we foresaw that and, and avoided that. <laughs> no, I, I just... prepped Diego before this and I told him to try to not make it about us. <laughs> It's okay. No, no, no. I just, I just thought I'd show up. Do you have? Okay, I was just saying to Samuel, like, it didn't. One of you guys had something you really wanted to say about Son of Neptune that you didn't get to say when we were recording our episode. Oh yeah, I think I, I did have something to say. I think I was just wanted to talk in general about like the Roman organization, yes, like let's system, do it. and how yes. much superior, how far superior it is to like the Greeks who are just running around doing doing their thing. Okay, we're we're gonna have to have some caveats in that. but you should you should go first go go off first (laughs) yeah no no because i was gonna say it just it seems so much well run like there's 
a stable form of government, some like official decision board that can like cohesively like decide what to do. Um, and there, there just seems like there's like this entire like supply system to provide food and entertainment. And there's this whole city there for like them to grow and like educate themselves and things like that. And then in the Greek camp, it's like harpies eat people if you like stay out at night. Okay, but listen, why do they have an entire functioning city with a college and arts and entertainment and culture? And they have child warriors. Child soldiers. Ages 10 10 to 17 doing all of the dirty work for them. They're not going to school from ages 10 to 18. They are fighting in wars. Well, the adults are retired. They're just chilling in the back. With their cafes and their... You have to swear <laughs> 10 years to the Legion. Like, Frank's, Frank's joining yeah. at 16. He's not leaving until he's 26. I guess that's a good point. But then why can't they just start the, the their, like, service at, at least the age of 18? <laughs> they need to not be during childhood, please. Also, wait, Owen, oh, I realized we didn't have you introduce yourself. So can you also introduce yourself real quick? I'm Owen. I do a Void and Verse theory podcast called Through the Mist. We're all about law. There you go. <laughs> about lore? About the law, the law of it all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're still talking about Rome, but I just... Yeah. I, think, I think it's more implied that there's, like, there's, like, a most of the time it's, like, curriculum and actual, like, learning and more, like, the culture of Rome and learning Latin and learning the basic, like, sciences and arts. And I think the only times that we actually see the Legion are during, like, the biggest war for the past 200 years, so, like, in the past seven years has been, like, the most climactic time for the yeah. Roman Legion, like, since the Civil War. So, <laughs> Speaking think, of which, think... we can't let that one go. Speaking of which. Every time we bring this up, every time we bring up the comparison, we need to remember, as Rick constantly reminds us and is unwilling to let us forget, <laughs> that apparently the Romans were on the wrong side of the Civil War. Yeah, like, how do we bounce back from that? It just, like, does not feel <laughs> possible. Like, I cannot, I can't, I can't go further. That was, that was an interesting part of Rick's writing, just because... I felt he tried to put it in there to make it seem like, oh yeah, the demigods have always been around and everything. But I thought it was totally unnecessary to like point out that they'd been in wars. Like I like the whole like, oh yeah, these people were like, you know, like presidents and cool inventors and things like that. Like that stuff or like famous people from history, like that was cool. But like making them the reason behind like wars, that was just like a little bit not necessary. Super quick, do you guys mind our last person who's in the waiting room is Molly from Fatal Flaw. Do you mind if I let her in and she can just join in? Let's see. Let's 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 meet Molly from Fatal Flaw. Let's let's meet the sharks. <laughs> we gotta we gotta sit in our chairs and look at Yeah, important. this is your one moment to feel important, Diego. So I hope it's uh I hope it's working. Hey! Hi, Hello. Hi Hello, Molly. Molly. We just like, we were, I'm so sorry you were in the waiting room for so long. We were in the middle of a, of a titillating conversation about New Rome, and I figured we should let you in because you've been waiting. But I'm Erica. <laughs> Hello, it's nice to meet you face to face. And we've got some guests here. Um, um, Diego, that down there is, oh, well, I don't know where it is on your screen, but Samuel's over there. He's the one with a similar Hello. background. How's it going? <laughs> and and then we got, got Owen. We got no, Owen please, Diego, too. you do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, Owen's down here on my screen, and then over there is that's that's Carter over there. Yeah. I think Diego's coming for your job, Erica and Carter. <laughs> no, actually, Diego was here first. Is the issue, and and we like yes. came in, and so Diego will always be. We are Diego and Samuel will always be the first and only weakling seeking mentorship and shelter from their their tremendous 
and undeniable presence <laughs> looming above us. Um, Listen, Samuel is so embarrassed right now. Anyway, Samuel's <laughs> literally dying. Yeah, Molly, you just go ahead and introduce yourself and then we can go back to talking about New Rome or anything you want to share. Hi, I'm Molly. Um, I am also a host of a Percy Jackson podcast. It's called Fatal Flaw. Me and my friend Maddie do it. It's not in order. It's not chronological or anything. We just do every topic. We did an episode about Rachel Elizabeth Dare recently. Yes. We did an episode that's about to be released tomorrow about the musical. So Yay. yeah, that's, that's kind of my um, qualifications for this. <laughs> yes. Any loyal listeners maybe will recognize Molly's name because we've read um, like <laughs> messages from her out loud before on our show. Um, so we're very grateful. Molly's a great friend of Seaweed Friends Dream. of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> we were just chatting about New Rome and child soldiers and Samuel. I believe you had some things you wanted to say. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Samuel, Samuel had some things. If he's recovered from his embarrassment, uh, no, I haven't. I never will. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, take a, a verbal beating after this. <laughs> whoa, that made me feel very toxic. That made Samuel look like a bad guy. Like, the dictator over here. That's uh, that's how I run the Halfler Report, like a dictatorship. <laughs> Okay, I declared myself supreme overlord of seaweed brain last week. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know what episode it was, but you were talking about how every podcast has like an unofficial boss. Yeah, it's the person who does the editing. Yeah, <laughs> true. Anyway, new Rome. <laughs> uh, so the child soldier stuff obviously isn't great, um, but it's more like the people in New Rome are like veterans who are also child soldiers trying to get over their PTSD and start families. And they're also still in the like Camp Jupiter reserves. So like they're called in for battles later in the series. Um, and, and that kind of brings devastation upon like the economy and families of New Rome. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the and... economy of New Rome. <laughs> so it's it's not like perfect having the child soldiers and like the adults as backup. It's really but not. I think it's like <laughs> still think it's a better system than Camp Half-Blood where it's just children who fight and all the adults die. I have a question. Does New Rome send people on quests or do they not do that? It's much more rare than Camp half They're less quest oriented. Because we know Jason has been on several. It's also like at the same time, you know, Jason had like, there were like years before like Jason became Praetor, like where there weren't any quests. Yeah, Jason was like the Percy of Camp Jupiter. I don't, really, I don't know if you read Camp Jupiter Classified. Oh yeah. I don't love the book because it's super ghost written but <laughs> it is it is it is yeah i think this uh, we talked about this i actually recorded this episode in a hotel room how is uh, that related the country. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it's something i should no, mention camp jupiter classified i don't love the book but it definitely if you if you've read it or if you uh, are thinking about reading it, i would recommend it gives a lot of like uh information about the structure of new room like the chores that the people who go there have to do and also like how their sewage system works. It's all very interesting. I would love to learn more about the sewage system. It is it is ghost-ridden. Like this was a very uh, interesting episode when we recorded it because we weren't sure if we were like gonna go full out and like call out Rick Whoa. or anything like that. Call him out, um, full out. <laughs> the, the first page has, I think if you pull it up, it says like, thanks to a blank person. I don't know. Owen has it open. Owen can tell me who the name of the person is. Owen has the receipt. Yeah. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. It'll take me a while. Keep talking. Oh, okay. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it says like, thanks to this person. And Samuel and I 
uh, we were like, oh, who's this person? Like, we don't know who this person is, right? And then I typed it in online, and she's like a famous like ghostwriter for like middle grade books. No way. So um, not not. And uh, after I read the book, like I was really conflicted because I strongly disliked the book as a whole, like the way it was written. Like the fact that there were emojis inserted into different places oh, in the book. No, like, not the emojis. That was that was a bit like not great. And like it was written like very childishly. And I mm. felt like I was being like talked down to yeah. when I was reading the book. That sounds like somebody who doesn't understand like writing for kids almost. It left a bad taste in my mouth. And I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to like doing our Riordan review on or Riordan review. God, people online are going to come at me again. <laughs> uh, the Riordan review. And then I was just like, uh, it was it was bad. But then when I found out it was ghost written, I was like, oh, Rick is still the best. This is <laughs> exactly. Okay, wait, I was going to say, if I had, like, created a, a society of child soldiers, I would also want to backpedal and have somebody else come up with the lore for that situation. Like, I would not want to have to be the one to be like, and here's how that works. So, go off, Rick. So, the total lack of adult supervision at Camp Jupiter is just, like, ridiculous to me. I think the person who is the oldest and is kind of in charge is Terminus. The literal bust, the armless head, Terminus. <laughs> protecting the city terminus right it just makes me think of that scene in book smart where they're like outside the pizza place and yes. their phone is dying and she's like okay i know who i can call yes. and she calls someone and, and they call their teacher and you think that oh thank goodness she's finally calling a parent or like responsible adult to help her get out of the situation and it's miss fine who drives them to the party <laughs> she's not responsible and you're like oh my god that was the person you wanted to call for adult supervision um and that it just reminds me of that so much. And then you learn later that there's an entire city full of other adults and they're not doing anything. <laughs> I, okay, I guess what makes it not quite as bad for me with the child soldiers thing is thinking about the fact that they aren't really going on quests. It seems like the kids in New Rome are kind of just like training. Like they don't really go, they don't really have external threats. Like they said, they aren't really monsters that are around. I mean, they do the like guarding thing outside of the tunnels. And then other than that, they just kind of like play war games. So I guess that makes it feel a little bit more like camp or like training time, like a military school kind of thing, as opposed to like active duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gap year. Yeah, but like a 10 year long gap year. <laughs> <laughs> How long do they serve? I don't know the lore. Owen. Wait, yeah, Owen, drop some lore on us. Yeah, Owen Owen is the lore master. O Owen knows everything. Every time I have a question, I've been like, hey, I don't understand how this works, and I refuse to read any of the other books, so please, Owen, explain it to me. <laughs> Can you explain to us child soldiers, Owen? <laughs> they start getting hunted when they're 13, but then you don't have satyrs or satyrs that go out and look for the Romans, because they have to somehow make their way to the wolf house. The Romans make no sense, which is no sense. Yeah, so basically it's like the Romans do die, but they die before they even make it to New Rome. So the people who have already made it to They're New Rome... They're the best Rome, of the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's also... Well, the majority of... A lot of the Romans legacies. are like legacies. So their parents are demigods telling them... Their their parent demigods aren't going to like hide from them how to get to the wolf house so, or anything. But the question is, if they're serving for 10 years and Reyna is like one of the oldest, right? Because she's in charge... Like, Reyna and Jason were in charge. Does that mean they got there when they were seven? Or, like, are there actually 23-year-olds who got there when they were 13 and they're just letting the 17-year-olds be we in get, charge? We get a number of um, lines Jason has. I think he has, like, 12 or something. He's been there. He's been within yeah. the Legion 
part of the Legion for since he was like three. Basically, mm-hmm. he got dumped at the Wolf House as a toddler. Within a couple of years, he makes his way over to Camp right. Jupiter and becomes a full member of the Legion. Lupa covers preschool and then around kindergarten, they get sent <laughs> to Camp Jupiter. So Jason is staying over his required limit? Yeah, Jason's over. That tracks. Well, Overstaying. Well, <laughs> uh, Praetorship. <laughs> I just wanted to point out, uh, Praetorship isn't like seniority. Right. It's based on elections and like yes. getting lifted up on shields, which is yes. a, a weird way to choose people. But um, that's kind of why they don't have like the 20 year olds in charge of the Legion. Also, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like something else that's important to bring up about all this like stuff. But one thing that's important to bring up is the fact that Rick Riordan is trying to write a book that includes as many things about Roman mythology and Rome packed into five books. Because he's trying to like educate kids and incorporate as many different aspects of Roman culture and Roman mythos. So in order to do that, he has to do these things that were are super ancient. Like these things are really outdated. If we really had a Rome that was in the 21st century, it would look nothing like You mean how Italy isn't Rome? I was going to say, do you mean like the city of Rome? (laughs) No, 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 no. Like (laughs) if if we had like a continuation of the Roman Empire, like into the the 21st century. It would be the British Commonwealth because we haven't actually killed our empire yet. We just did now let everyone go i i totally i totally get what you're saying and i agree that like in order to introduce it and like uphold the values of like ancient rome like they are gonna be problematic because ancient rome was problematic um i just think that it's like funny because it makes it for me as a reader like inherently like be like this is the enemy camp this is the bad camp literally the evil camp and so it's funny that like it doesn't feel like that is the way that they were introduced that they were supposed to be more of like a rival like camp rock there's supposed to be more of like a rival camp as opposed to like what is the other camp that came in across of, from camp, camp star. star okay so camp star is like camp jupiter like it's kind of inherently bad it's not like people are like i identify with camp star do you know what i mean but some people are like yeah camp jupiter like new rome i'm an spqr new rome person and then i'm like whoa what because i thought we kind of established like pretty early on when you said they fought on the wrong side of the civil war that camp jupiter is like bad and like corrupt but it just doesn't seem like we like really painted it that way. Or maybe that's just the fandom. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like to, to your point though, Diego, like he doesn't do this mirroring on the Greek side. Like there's no Athenian democracy in Camp Half-Blood. They don't reference the it's, polis. To me, it, yeah, there's no polis. There's no, I mean, like there are lots of things that are different. I don't know. It's weird to me that he changed one of them a lot. And then like one of them is basically like it's run like a summer camp. You have like, like the teenagers deciding what the activities are. And the other one, you have teenagers like, leading an army of other children um, and weirdly being in the Senate also, even though yeah. they're old people, like it seems like the teenagers are elected to represent the old people and also make laws that are binding to the old. Yeah. So ba- basically I think, I think what's also important to recognize is the fact that the time difference between one of these books being written and the other book being written is like six years, I think. Like the, from the Lightning Thief, which set up the premise of Camp Half Blood, to the Lost Hero, I think is six or seven years. I don't know. But if one book is written as a way to introduce people to Greek mythos in a way of making it friendly 
and not like too dark for people of that age, right? He 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 used the tool of making it some sort of summer camp, right? Yeah. And making it something fun that all kids can be like, oh yeah, a summer camp. There's counselors, there's cabins, people like chill there. It's a fun time that is removed from society, right? I only knew summer camps and parent trap, just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah we don't have camp in hawaii we don't yeah, do that right. yeah it's like not a that's like an east coast thing that's and then basically <laughs> what he does there is he tries to make an experience removed from society that kids can identify with right. right six years later to the beginning of new rome he's got to make this drastically different right but at this point he's already refined his formula he's already hooked the readers the readers are going to read this right so he's going to attack yeah. more education and more culture into the actual premise of Mm -hmm. it right and as a whole it will be wrong and it will be bad (laughs) because it's trying to make education fun and that's that's a very difficult thing to do bad that's a very difficult stop making learning fun rick go ahead molly go ahead okay what i was just going to say really quick is it kind of reminds me of the hunger games and how the capital has all these allusions to rome and they have these like Flavius and Caesar and the buildings and all these illusions. Um, but it's clearly like they looked at some pictures and like mm. maybe read one book about Rome. <laughs> like me. Right. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, and they like they get the the kind of gist of it, but it's very it's the very filtered through the eyes of history version yeah. of Rome and yes, not really yes. the actual thing. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what it reminds me of is mm-hmm. the Camp Jupiter versus mm-hmm. Camp Half-Blood is the actual Greeks versus um, the idea of Rome and the very militaristic kind of idea that we have of Rome. Yes, thank you for that. And Owen, is there anything else you want to add here at the end? I just wanted to mention that Alaska, I've always pictured it as Scotland, as in Scotland from the Roman Empire, <laughs> as in Caledonia. <laughs> Sure. Because they never made it to that far up north. Hopping in with that European lore. <laughs> they never made it that far north. So I've in my head it's always the reason Alaska's beyond the gods is because they've never made it to Scotland. <laughs> that makes so much more sense than what we were thinking. And then and then the other real world one is it used to belong to Russia. I did a whole episode Period. on this, so you can go listen to it if you want. Oh my god, we gotta do that. It's true. We'll it right Alaska now. did used to belong to Russia. <laughs> we love that. I can see Russia from my house. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But Samuel, what did you want to say? Yes. So uh, I, I, Diego kind of pointed this out, but I just wanted to say, like, if if Rick um, made Camp Jupiter less militaristic and more similar to Camp Half Blood, it would have just ended up. I think he would have kind of been too close to the line where the camps are just the same, and there's not really much to analyze between the differences, and that's not really fun. And yeah. another thing I was going to say is we kind of have hated in hated on Camp Jupiter classified a bit, uh, a bit, a lot in this episode. <laughs> and I just wanted to say there are a lot of good things about it. I'm not going to take up any more time saying them. But if you want to listen to episode 35 in our podcast, we point out some positives. There's a number. No one at home is an excuse to not look this episode up now because they provided you a very specific reference. Um, <laughs> this seems as good a place as any to to draw to a close. Then thank you so much for everyone who. Thank you so Looking much to, to everyone. Your- Mark of Athena stuff. Oh we are God, also yeah. very much looking forward to the Mark of Athena. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. As a Percival Beth love story podcast, Mark of Athena is quite yes. the book. It's a big one. We are currently planning to have a whole ass episode about like the last two chapters. Um, <laughs> 
just because we have to. But anyway, there's that to look forward to. Thank you so much to everyone who showed up. Thank you to everyone who's still currently on this call. Um, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. <laughs> it was so nice to meet you guys. Bye-bye.